Hello, everyone, and welcome to FitChicks Chat. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Risa Groove, joining us. Now, on this episode, we are focusing on what Risa has written her book about, which is called Food Framing and how the diet, the word diet is a four-letter word. We're going to be talking specifically all about all of the different fad diets that are out there, why they're so popular, why they work, why they don't, why people sometimes struggle with different eating approaches. Now, of course, one of the things at FitChicks Academy that we focus on is having a holistic approach to a healthy lifestyle. So if that is something that you are passionate about, please know that our Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Coaching Certification started just this week. So if you are interested in getting certified and learning more, whether it be for yourself or to be able to help and coach others, make sure you check it out at fitchicksacademy.com forward slash H-W-L-C. Again, that's fitchicksacademy.com forward slash H-W-L-C, where you can learn more about our holistic nutrition program that just started. There is still time to join us and we would love to welcome you to the Academy. Happy listening. Hello everyone and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn and on today's podcast, we have a very special guest joining us. We have Risa Gru. Hi Risa, how are you today? Hi, Amanda. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Um, now today... Of course, Risa, your background is in holistic health and nutrition, and you are an author of this amazing book that just came out, which is called Food Frame. Diet is a four-letter word, right? And so this is so exciting. We'll talk about that later on, but I love that you are so involved when it comes to like holistic health and nutrition and looking at all aspects, because that's what we believe in at Fitchix Academy as well, is that it's not just about like the one piece of the puzzle. Exactly. One size does not fit all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. For sure. When it comes to eating, we're all genetically different. We're all, um, we have different health statuses. And so we shouldn't be eating the exact same. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get those people who come into my office all the time and they say, oh, well, my you know next door neighbor just lost 45 pounds on keto and I, I lost two. And you know, what, what's the story? Well, I say, first of all, I don't know if you have a hard time digesting fats, right? So take a look at your gallbladder and your bile, how sticky and gooey is it? And your GGT on your blood uh, test. And then I'm looking at your steatocrit on your stool test, right? Is your, are you having fat malabsorption? Do you even have a gallbladder? Do you, should you be having fats? Can you break them down? And then what's your stress level for women? It's very related to stress level um, success. And, and then there's genetic component, you know, are we able to digest fats? Well, yeah, no. And that's, I mean, I love that you even just dove into it because that's really what we're going to be talking about today is kind of getting away from all the confusion around like all the different fad diets that are out there. And I love that this topic is coming to light because I think that there are, there's so many people that exactly that conversation you just had where it's like, well, so-and-so did this diet, so it should work for me. And that's mm-hmm. not always the case. So no, let's just get into it. it. Yeah. So let's just get into it. Like, why don't we talk about fad diets and say, you know, my question for you really is why do you think fad diets are so popular? Obviously I think it's because people think it's like this fast track to success. Like they think it's just this, you know, it's going to beeline them to exactly where they want to be from a goal stand- standpoint. Um, but so why do you think they're so successful? And also why do you think it is? And I find this so interesting that every single fad diet if you look over the decades, right. And so I'm aging myself, but I'm like 42. And over the years I have done all these different fad diets. And when I first did the first fad diet I ever did when I was younger was, um, Susan powder stop the insanity. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like, eat all the carbs 
and don't eat fat. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was the eighties. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that one. Cause I was like, sweet. Yeah. Who wouldn't. Right. <laughs> but I think about it and I'm like, it's always about eliminating one macronutrient. Why do you think that is? So I think that there are, um, I think people come up with a concept and they sell you a promise. At the end of the day, they're selling you a promise that you will look like me or you will look like them if you eat like them or like me. And again, right back to the genetics, I can tell you, I do a lot of genetic testing. I did my genetic testing and I'm not that good with dairy. I just don't do well with dairy. I've always known that because physically I just don't do well with it. I get stuffy and inflamed and it just doesn't like me that well. And most people don't do well. Two thirds of the population don't do well with dairy. And that's a, it's a perfect example. So you know, I wouldn't do a a diet that is based on a lot of dairy that wouldn't work for me. So everything is very genetic, but we come out with these shiny new toys, this time, this, this new idea that this is the revolution. This is the key. This is the, this is, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. This is if I eat like this, then I'm going to look like that. And really the deal is, is that maybe a fraction of the people will do that because they're genetically predisposed for that kind of eating. But generally, most people aren't. And the other thing I don't like about fad diets are that, you know, diet, as I say, is a four letter word. It's not when we say diet, the first thing that comes up for people is this is restrictive. I have to take things out, right? As you mentioned, Um, I have to be hungry, right? We're all thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to go into starvation mode. And we have this this relationship with the word diet that it's this deprivation. And really what I say to people who I work with all the time um, in my functional nutrition practice is your body is just, imagine that your body is just like a sneaker factory, right? You've got all the equipment to make a sneaker. And if I give you leather, rubber, or canvas, I know we're going to get sneaker at the end of it, right? It may change in shape or size or color, but it'll be a sneaker. And if I say to you, Amanda, let's put some cell phone parts in your sneaker factory. What would you say? I would hope you'd crazy. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm hoping you would say. Right. Because if we did that, then what would happen to our machinery? It would break down. And that's what we do. We were actually, we have this, this equipment, this factory is our body and we have all the equipment to eat food, to fuel us. It's actually not for just pleasure. It's for fuel, right? If we eat more for survival, our machinery will work better. And if we put cell phone parts in our sneaker factory day in and day out, hour in by hour, we're going to start breaking it down. And trust me, I see it all day, every day, no matter what the age is. And I see a lot of young kids now in their teens and college kids and just out of college who cannot function well because they've been putting all these cell phone parts in their in their sneaker factory for years. So I'm, I'm referring to all these chemicals and toxins and right. things that look like food and, and are sold like food and feel like food, but they're really not fuel, the right? They're products. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're full food. Yeah. So I, um, so I'm a really big fan of, of eating what is, um, all about eating what your health status is, because at the end of the day, I've seen, worked with thousands of people for decades. And I realized that it wasn't that one size fit all. that new book that Dr. So-and-so just came out with is a great book and it's got some great facts, but it isn't a one size fits all. So, um, you know, I, I say this all the time. So intermittent fasting, it's a great idea for most people. 
Definitely, if you have blood sugar issues, for sure, it's a great fit for you. But if you have low blood sugar, not a good idea at all. Like no, really the opposite. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're going to start fainting yeah. and having dizzy spells and it's not going to be good to drop your glucose that low. So, um, and I can go on and on with every diet, you know, the low FODMAP diet would, you know, is, is really specifically designed for people who have small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, SIBO, and who have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or IBD, irritable bowel disease. And so I wouldn't recommend that for everyone. I mean, you could, but it's really specific for those people with those conditions. Same thing with keto and paleo and, and um, you know, vegetarian. A lot of people are really very um, emotionally tied to be vegetarian, which I completely understand. But if you've got a gene mutation, MTHFR to B12, you've got that allele to B12 where you cannot methylize or or, or absorb your B12, you should not be a vegetarian because your only B12 source is animal protein. So um, again, I'm very customized and specific to what your health status is. I love that. And I think it's so important because, and I know we talk about this in Fitchix Academy, like in our holistic nutrition certification, we talk a lot about how it really isn't that one size fits all. It has to be customized. You have to take the time to learn about your clients and understand what their needs are, what their desires are, what their goals are, but also learn about everything from their body type to their blood type to how they work, like just everything about their body, because you know, I did a test once. So this is a really interesting thing where my business partner, who's also my best friend, she was training to do a bikini competition. This was a few years ago. And, um, you know, and that's a whole other beast of a story, but she was training to do this. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the same thing. I, so I hired the same coach. I did the same training program, the same diet program. Now I didn't follow her diet to a T, but we also are completely different bodies. So I am five foot three. She is five foot 11. We are completely different humans, like physically. And what happened was so interesting at the end of it, she was like bikini ready, hit the stage, et cetera. And I ended up my body it bulked up and completely looked different and felt different. I felt tired. I felt sluggish. And it was just so interesting, right? When we were doing the same thing because we are different people. That's and so perfect it's just, case. it is, it perfect was, case it was in point. such a, it was such a great way to be this eye-opening experience, like a, like a little experiment on myself to say, Hey, look, it truly doesn't mean just because this works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me. And that's exactly, exactly what happened because exactly. it wasn't customized. Now, when you're talking about like, when we're talking about like keto and paleo, can you dive into those? I think those are probably like the big buzzwords, especially keto right now, but and intermittent fasting. Can we talk about those three specifically? Can you take a moment and just describe what each of those, like the premise behind each of those, and then um, the benefits as well as sort of some of the drawbacks to them? Because I think sure. those are the ones that people seem to attach to the most, at least currently in yes. um, society. So paleo is my, um, one of my favorite, uh, eating lifestyles because it really is the broadest as the broadest appeal. It is really, if you had to pick one for the blanket people, that's the one that everybody's pretty much going to thrive on. Um, it's not really recommended, not recommended for anybody. Um, it wouldn't hurt anybody. Um, 
And so I like it. It's a great way to uh, maintain and sustain low blood sugar and homeostasis and decrease systemic inflammation and um, help digestion, uh, promote, leak, uh, promote a healthy gut. Um, there's a ton of benefits of paleo and I like it. It stabilizes hormones and it just goes on and on and on and on. Um, it really is the greatest. That's the way I eat. Um, and I usually put people once I have their labs, cause I'm not really good at playing darts with the dark in the dark without the lights on. And I can't see the target, but once I get their labs back and I know what their blood sugar is, I know what their, their thyroid looks like, their, their, um, their, uh, inflammation markers, their gut, everything. And then I do a stool test with 84 pathogens. So I know, do we have leaky gut? Are we having a hard time absorbing our fats? Are we, uh, inflamed and all that? Once I have that data, um, which I cannot work without, then I usually say, you know, paleo is it's the easiest, it's the easiest to travel with. It's the easiest to maintain. It has pretty decent variety. Um, so there's not a lot of drawback on paleo. And just to, to give a brief overview, it's basically based on how the caveman right ate right. Uh, paleolithic times, right? So we're having animal protein and it really focuses on good quality. So the best quality animal protein is possible. So grass fed, grass finished, wild uh, fish and pasture grazed poultry. Um, and then uh, unlimited vegetables, anyway you want them, but deep fried, sweet potato, yams, good fats, nuts, seeds, eggs, olives, uh, avocados, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, not We take out the grains, we take out the legumes, we take out the dairy, we take out the processed sugar, but you can have dates and coconut sugar, things like that. It's a very, it's based on being unprocessed and really going back to what our actual factories were built for, right? Then you have keto uh, and the ketogenesis uh, diet. When you um, keto ketosis, when you're in the state of ketosis, then that basically means that your fuel source, which all of us are born to have a fuel source based on uh, carbohydrates, we eat a carbohydrate or we eat a sugar, and the carbohydrate turns into a sugar. The pancreas pumps out insulin. It takes that sugar or carbohydrate and converts it into glycogen, and then it escorts it into the cells. Right? We have trillions of cells, and we have receptors on them, and we're trying to get into the cell because we have these little things called mitochondria inside the cell that create ATP. That's our energy. So those mitochondria are our energy. Uh, factories. And so when we're insulin resistant, those receptors are damaged or broken. So we cannot penetrate the cells. So it's a very effective way to gain weight because you're just going to park it into fat storage and fat cells. Right. So with being in ketosis, uh, you're basically switching your fuel source from carbohydrates and sugar to fat. And um, so you have to maintain 75 to uh, 85, 90% of your diet needs to be fat, right? So it's, it is a lot of cheese and you can have some avocado, although that has some carbs, so you can't go endless, but a lot of animal protein and, um, all nuts and olives and coconut and all the, those good fats. And you can even actually eat bad fats too, um, <laughs> which is not my favorite part, but, and then you've got to really watch. I mean, you have to have less than 20 net carbs a day net carbs. That's, that's not a lot. So you're the, 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 the challenge of keto is a few things. It's staying on keto. And if you travel or go to any, you know, meeting or, 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 you know, function, it's very difficult. Um, 
And, uh, and the other thing is it's very difficult to get fiber with keto. So it, it vegetables have carbohydrates, mm-hmm. right? The only two foods that groups that don't have carbohydrates are animal protein and liquid fats or like oils and coconut oil and things like that. So, um, hard to maintain and then hard to, to, to get fiber. So a lot of people will have some constipation with keto and you got to drink a lot of water. So it's a little difficult for that, but I don't recommend ketosis so much or keto for, um, uh, for people who don't have blood sugar issues. Um, and then, but if you do have blood sugar issues, if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic and you want to go ketogenic, that is great for you to do. Um, and it, and it's interesting with keto, with, with keto, because most men do really well with keto across the board, pretty much most men I've ever worked with do great on keto women. Not so much. Um, there's a, a, a cortisol factor with women. And then fat malabsorption with women and, um, and it's just a genetic component. So some women do well, but not a lot. I would say less than 50% people, uh, women do well on ketosis or in ketosis. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard. I've tried keto before and I always recommend take a urine ketosis test every morning to make sure you are in ketosis. And I could never get in ketosis no matter what I did. So, um, it was just very hard. Some women will be able to do it, but I always urge people to either take a breath test or a urine test just to make sure that you are getting into ketosis. And then in Sorry to interrupt you, but would you say that keto that keto is almost like Atkins, but like heightened? Because that's yes. sort of how it seems to me. Like when I when I hear about keto and when I think about keto, people talk about it. It's almost like extreme Atkins. Because because when I think about Atkins back in the day, it was like people were like, "Oh yeah, like I'm on Atkins. I can eat a pound of bacon. It's fine." That's cheese. the other thing. And, and we'll talk. Yeah. Cheese is a big one for sure. And, and I know I'll talk about this afterwards. Cause I want to talk about like the mentality around that as well, because it's like, you know, you think, you, Oh, I can eat a pound of bacon, but then it's like, okay, you might still be in ketosis, but is that good for your health? Right. And so we can talk yes. about that after, but I, I would love to hear now. I know you're going to talk about intermittent fasting. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to like, no, no, no. Ask no. If your opinion was if it is kind of like the heightened version of Atkins, because that's sort of how I see it. Yes, for sure. For sure. It is. Um, and you know, and I don't love that diet type because you, there really isn't, um, a lot of restriction as far as what kind of, uh, quality you can eat. You could eat American cheese, which, you know, I don't know where that comes from, but I know it comes from a factory, but I don't know, you know, there's a lot of chemicals involved and I'm really very anti-chemical across the board. I think that that's just, those are our cell phone parts and our our machinery. So, um, and I recommend people when they do keto for no longer than three months, that is my personal recommendation. That's what I've observed people do well with. I think it's important to take a break, whether it's two weeks to two, three months, and then get back on keto. Um, or just sort of dip out of ketosis and go back in. Uh, it takes a few days to get back in there. But uh, from my experience, um, there's a lot of studies um, and data out there that says keto is very heart healthy, helps lower cholesterol. Um, there's a lot of studies out there. So um, I, I don't know that it's bad for you, 
but, and I've seen a lot of people do well with keto and they've, they've reversed their, their blood sugar issues. So I say, I personally, my opinion is it's a great short-term solution and then slowly wean yourself and put yourself onto a paleo program. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's from my observation, working with thousands of people. Right. And yeah. then what do you think about intermittent fasting? Cause that's the other, that's like kind of the third sort of fad diet that yep. everyone is kind of talking about and jumping yep. right now. It's great for some, you know, it's great to help lower blood sugar. It's also really good for <clears throat> hormones. Um, it's good for brain. It's good for digestion. Um, it's good for the calorie restriction program. It's good for putting bumpers on. Um, it's good for a lot of things um, metabolically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's great for blood sugar, as I mentioned, but just hormones and thyroid, it can be good for. But again, it isn't good for everyone. Some people just wake up and they're not hungry. Those are people who are naturally inclined to be a great intermittent faster. Mm-hmm. Some people are ravenous when they wake up and Yes. And so you'll, you need some fuel and I'd rather you fuel up on the, on the front end and maybe eat light for dinner and sort of do a a light intermittent fasting before bed. That would be for sure a great way. We see a tremendous amount of success as far as weight loss is concerned, eating on the front end and not so much on the back of the day. So, um, so, and that would still be considered intermittent fasting if you're fasting, uh, for 16 hours, uh, at, at, at the end of the day, you're fine too. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, but again, if you have blood sugar, low blood sugar, not for you, I do not recommend it. I've had people come in my office and they're dizzy and fainting and passing out. That is not, but of course you cannot do this. So you have low blood sugar. That's not good for you. Yeah. No. And it's funny. Like I, the way I like to eat and I've always eaten this way is I just, you know, and I, I don't do this as like a, style or an approach to my eating. It's just the way that my body is innately. My favorite is just eating the eating my breakfast. And then I have a massive lunch. Like my lunch is actually my biggest meal of the day. I love having a big, like chill lunch. (laughs) And then I go into, and then dinner, it's like, sometimes I'm not even really hungry for dinner. It just kind of depends on my day, but it just, it allows for my, and I, you know, but that took a long time. And so for anyone listening, just know that that's not something that happened like overnight, especially that intuitiveness of paying attention to like my hunger cues. That's something that happens over time. And that's something that like, I've just learned to pay attention to and to the way your body operates best. Right. And it, it does. It's, it's a learning curve for everybody, but if you just start like writing things down, tracking, paying attention, or even hiring someone like a practitioner to be able to support you in that, I think it can really make a huge difference. Yeah. Now, going back to that conversation we were having about the different diets in sort of, you know, I know that we're talking about like, okay, in the beginning, you said diet, oftentimes people see it as this negative context. And that's so true. The word diet immediately comes to the restriction as opposed to it just being an approach to eating, which is the way that I like to see the word diet. It's just it's just the way that you're eating. It's your approach. It's the real definition. Correct. And so when you think about diet though, and then we think about all these fad diets, going back to the question of like, okay, you may be eating, you know, a pound of butter in your coffee because that's part of your keto. But when we go back to the health side of it, I always think I'm like, is it actually going to be good for you? Because when I think back in the day, when I did Atkins, which I was like 22 at the time or something, and it was like the height of Atkins. And I jumped on that fat, fat diet bandwagon. Um, I remember I was eating like 
just a lot of veggie dogs because <laughs> I, I eat a lot of veggie products. Um, so like veggie hot dogs, which is like just manufactured stuff. Um, a lot of veggies. And then I ate a lot of processed stuff because at the health food stores, they were selling like fake bread at the time. Like it was like those fake buns and rolls and stuff that were, I don't know what they were made of. They were like spongy in texture, but that's what I was eating because I was so obsessed with the, just being on Atkins, being low carb and the the net carb on them was like one net carb per bun. So I was like eating these things. They tasted (laughs) terrible. They didn't make me feel good. And I remember sitting there one day and I just freaked out. I like threw one and I was like, I can't eat this anymore. And I was like, I can't do that. Like literally that was my reaction. That was the moment I stopped. I was like, I just can't. It's so gross. And, but so when I think about it though, I think back to how I was feeling at that time. And I'm like, I was erratic. My emotions were like all roller coaster. Mm -hmm. I was really hungry, like, but not stomach hungry. Like my body felt malnourished. Like I didn't feel like I was doing things properly. Right. Mm -hmm. What would you say to people that are kind of jumping onto these different bandwagons and thinking that they're doing this for optimal health? Cause not everybody wants to lose weight. Not everybody is using it for that reason. They're maybe thinking that this is my lifestyle, what would be your recommendation to someone in that mindset? To optimize health, I, w- I focus on two foundational issues. Mm-hmm. One is systemic inflammation. And I cannot impress upon everybody listening enough that inflammation is the driver of disease. We know this now with COVID because the people who have passed from COVID are all people in third stage inflammation. How do we get to third stage inflammation? increase your blood sugars. Increasing your blood sugars gives you higher probability for everything, every disease, right? So Alzheimer's, dementia, um, everything, autoimmune disease, all that leaky gut, everything. So inflammation is the driver of disease. So I would wholeheartedly recommend eating foods that are non-inflammatory. So what are our inflammatory foods? bread, gluten, but but bread, sugar, dairy, and alcohol, right? Processed foods, fried foods, anything that is not from a farm, everything that has a label basically is a processed food, right? Mm -hmm. Foods from the farm don't have labels. So we should be eating foods without labels for the majority of time, right? Mm -hmm. Another major driver of inflammation is bad oils, processed oils, canola oil, um, corn oil, vegetable oil, um, uh, soybean oil is huge. And I see that in, in, in supplements all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, oils too. Yes. The way they're processed, right? Exactly. So you need to expel or press and you don't want to heat olive oil. It doesn't have a high smoke point. So it will become rancid. If you get that smell in the, in the pan, um, then that means it's gone rancid. So oils in restaurants, and I don't care where you go, all the finest restaurants, I always ask, what kind of oil do you use? And, you know, it's, oh, they, oh, we have a blend. I go, oh, really? What's in the blend? And, you know, they say a little bit of olive oil and then it's canola oil, right? It's always, because it's cheap, it's stable and it is, um, and it's just inexpensive and it's a great way and it doesn't have much taste. So they can use it all the time. And we use it in salad dressings and, and, uh, and everything on all your food is, is tons of inflammatory oil. So if anybody were to make one change, that would be the one thing I would say. So we know that inflammation is the driver of disease. And if you've got leaky gut, or if you don't know you have leaky gut, you should get tested to see if you have leaky gut. If you have leaky gut, you've got leaky brain. So all this inflammation goes into the, into the brain. And then we have all the brain fog, we have depression, we have anxiety, we have 
Parkinson's, we have autoimmune, we have all these, we have rapid inflammation, right? In uh, systemically. Mm -hmm. So that is a huge one. So I would eat foods that are non-inflammatory. And again, those are foods without a label from a farm right? and without pesticides and all that stuff. And then the second thing that I always focus on the foundational issues I work with everybody in my office is gut health. And gut health is extraordinarily important. It is the foundation, the second foundation of, of, of health. Right. So whatever's going on in the gut is happening. It's affecting the whole body. So look for leaky gut, look for pathogens, parasites, worms, bacteria, fungus. H. pylori is a big, big, big driver. Um, I had a woman come in yesterday that I've been working with, I think maybe two months now. And she came in, she had chronic diarrhea her whole life. She could not tell me how many years it's been going because she's, she just kept saying it's my whole life. That's just and she was, yeah. Couldn't lose weight, works out, eats perfectly. I mean, all these issues has um, a little bit of depression. We got her stool test back and she is riddled with H. pylori and pathogens and she had a parasite. I mean, all these things. We took care of it. She was in yesterday and I was so excited. She was just couldn't wait to tell me she no longer has diarrhea. It's been a couple of weeks now. And she's, she lost four pounds on the scale yesterday. So I looked at her, I said, what? So she is, it's the, you know, we're putting the fire out in the basement. And I say this to people all the time, you know, you, you have a raging fire in the basement and you've got just, you're, you're freaking out. There's a fire and you've got somebody on the, on the second floor of the house going, Hey, can you help me change the light bulb? Meaning, Hey, I want to lose some weight. Well, you've got a raging fire in the basement. You're, you know, we're not, we're going to hold on to every resource we have. And we don't even have the manpower to change that light bulb. We got to get the fire out. So what I always say to people, right. Is just, is it, you got to quell that inflammation and feed your gut, but first find out, right? Find out what your gut looks like and then address that gut. Is there a leaky gut? Do you have, you know, all those pathogens in there and then eat accordingly to that and, and fix that gut because we, 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 our cells regenerate in our gut. Um, and so we can fix it. It is fixable. Um, I mean, I see it all day long at another person yesterday who had years and years and years. She's a professional dancer and she years of SIBO years can't schedule anything before 11 o'clock in the morning because she doesn't, she's afraid to leave her house. So she, I spoke to her yesterday also. And she's like, I am better than I've ever been. I wake up, I go and I leave the house. I don't worry about it anymore. And it's taken us a long time, but she had a very severe case, but she was on so many antibiotics that further ruined her gut. So we had to crawl back from that. And now she, she's just thriving, thriving. So that's the always look Yes. It's life altering. And if you, if you feel like something's wrong with your body, something's wrong with your body. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love that you say that because it's absolutely true. It's like, mm. it's, I was watching something earlier today and they were talking about even just like, um, it was about like moms and kids and it was like this motherly instinct. Right. And it was like, if you think that it was talking about like your child being sick, right. Right. Dealt with something with my daughter a few years ago. And I was like, no, like Every, every doctor kept saying she's fine. She's fine. She just has a virus or maybe she has pneumonia or maybe she has this and that. And I was like, no, there's something more going on. And I, right. and I went every day to the um, hospital and I was like, test her again, test her again. It's for you. Because I was like, I refuse to just take this and walk right. away. And I'm like, she's right. crying every day. So, but it's the same sort of concept, right? It's like, right. you know, inside of yourself, if something feels off, you know, and you just yeah. have to like trust that. 
yeah. and then try to find a solution. And you don't have to have all the answers. Like, I mean, in our certification, of course, we talk about this, we teach you how to identify, you know, we talk about gut health, we talk about hormones, we talk about digestion, we talk about all of the pieces. And we have like our naturopathic doctor in teaching this. And so it's, it's a very in-depth program. But if you're still not sure how to identify this for yourself, reach out, find a practitioner that you can work with, because you will only do yourself justice. By exactly. Yourself. That's it. A, a functional practitioner. Yeah. Which is what I do. And you get to the root causes exactly. and we look at prevention and we have data. We don't guess. And it's not a pill for an L. Yeah. Get to it. And I believe everybody who walks in my door who says, I don't, there's something wrong. I go, okay, let's find it. Yeah. I love yeah. That. Our body has a way of communicating with us and we just haven't been trained to listen. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I agree 100%. I'm actually currently working with our naturopathic doctor that works within our academy, um, just for my own health, because I right. was doing a lot of, um, I was doing a lot of hormonal stuff, because we were trying to have a second baby. And so we were doing a lot of like IVF hormonal treatments and things like that. And it just really messed it up. And even though I understand what's happening, I don't know how to fix it on my own. So I'm yeah. like, I've got it. So we're just doing test after test and running through the whole gauntlet right now. Right. <laughs> Great. And I'm like, no, and I'm so excited about it. I'm not even like test for MTHFR. What? Um, test for MTHFR. Yes. She's tested literally for everything. Right. We, we just went through the whole gauntlet good, and good, we're good, just good. waiting on all our results right now. Right. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. No, it, but it's exciting, right? It's an exciting thing. And I think that, you know, the one thing, the reason why I share this with our listeners is I think I want you to know that like doing these things can be life altering. They can be life changing and it can be an exciting journey, even though it might feel a little overwhelming in the beginning, or especially if this is new to you, or it might feel a little bit scary, or you might be feeling like you're stuck. There is a solution. You just need to kind of dive into it and be open to what is out there, like the possibilities. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Now, the last thing I wanted to ask you um, before we jump off for today is about immunity. I know that there's a big conversation I know, and thank you so much for sharing everything about the fad diets and all of that. Now, when it comes to immunity, I wanted to talk about this at the end, because I I think that there's a lot of question marks around how to boost your immunity right now. And I think it's such an important conversation to happen, obviously, with everything that's happening in the world right now. Um, Are there any recommendations for our listeners in order for them to be able to boost immunity and just help themselves feel just a little bit better and safeguard themselves a little bit more? For sure. For sure. For sure. So vitamin D is a huge factor in in immunity, huge. So I recommend I have a D3 ultra is my vitamin D with vitamin K. You always want to make sure there's no soybean oil and or corn oil in there because a lot of the major brands, at least here in America, they have that. Um, And uh, so vitamin D with K for absorption, you always want to make sure it's between 80 and hundred, at least on most labs here in the U S um, that's where we like it functionally. Um, I'm a little bit higher. I'm on the higher end, uh, about a hundred or so. I just had mine checked and which is great. And I just never seem to go down. So it's, it's, it, it works. Uh, the other thing I'm a big fan of is glutathione. Glutathione is our master antioxidant. We all make our own glutathione, but if we're stressed, we don't make as much. And if we, uh, as we age, we produce excrete less. It's almost like female eggs. Once they leave the building, it's gone. So I, um, if you're older or if you're really stressed, or if you really want to build your immunity, I highly recommend it. I take a lot of glutathione every single solitary day and it's our master antioxidant. It helps prevent us from any oxidative stress, stress issues. So oxidative stress is any kind of foreign um, bodies or foreign entities that want to come into the body and create disease. So it really protects you against oxidative stress. Um, 
The other thing is zinc and elderberry. I have a supplement called Immune Ultra. It's a lozenge and it's sweetened with allulose, which doesn't spike blood sugar levels, doesn't give gastric upset. It's terrific. And um, it's great for kids too. So we do a lot of Immune Ultra at which just zinc and elderberry. And those are really important. Zinc deficiency is a thing. So um, you want to make sure you're either getting in food sources like pumpkin seeds, oysters, clams. Um, those are high in zinc or um, just take some zinc, uh, especially if you're around somebody who's sick or COVID, definitely take a little bit more zinc and always have it with food because it can make you a little nauseous. The other thing I do for immunity is um, avoid sugar. Sugar eats our white blood cells. So even one tablespoon of table sugar can um, suppress your immune system up to five hours to 50% suppressed, 50% up to five hours. So it's sugar is a thing. It eats up our white blood cells. And I always look at white blood cells and I look at the breakdown of that. Um, I always look for a bacterial pattern or a, or a um, viral pattern so you can see root causes if there's something going on. Um, and the other thing that I recommend for um, immunity is sleep. It's free and it's fun. So we <laughs> should all be getting sleep. It's really a big factor. Um, I'm crazy about sleep with my kids and myself. It really, it regulates us. It helps with blood sugar, hormones, you name it, inflammation, everything. But immunity is also really big for sleep. So um, those are the things I really recommend um, you know, obviously not uh, processed foods and not a lot of alcohol and all that kind of stuff. So that will help your immune system. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I just, you know, I, even though I know it's a little bit off topic from fad diets, I think it's just an important piece to sure. of our listeners, especially right now that we're all kind of dealing with a lot of different things going on. Absolutely. Um, no, I know. I feel like there's hours and hours that we could keep talking because there's so much to cover, but um, I appreciate all of your time and all of your knowledge yeah. and sharing. And I know for all of our listeners who are, you know, keen to learn more from you and they want to learn more, can you tell them a little bit more about your book and how they can get their hands on, um, sure. on it so that they can then continue down that path as well as how they can maybe reach out to you if they have any questions or connect with you? Yeah. So my book is called Food Frame. Diet is a four-letter word, and it is available on my website at Risa Grew Nutrition, R-I-S-A-G-R-O-U-X Nutrition.com. It's also on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Target uh, online. And um it really talks about all the blood tests, the stool tests. It highlights six different diet types. And I always recommend starting off with my detox, the RGN detox, which is a 14 day detox with collagen. And it's basically paleo eating and people love to do it for weight loss, but it is not a weight loss program. Everybody does lose weight, but I do it for wellness. It's really important to clean out that liver and clean the blood and all that stuff. And it's a great, delicious way to do it. It's not about starvation. Um, and it's, everybody loves the detox. And then after you detox, there are six different diet types that are best suited. And I go through detail of who it's best suited for, who's best to avoid, long lists of everything you can eat and things to avoid. And then I have about seven great, delicious, yummy recipes for each diet type. So I love this book. I, I spent years writing it and it's very much what I do in my practice of um, helping people get to root causes and thriving while eating um, according to their health status. Um, I'm on Instagram and, and uh, Pinterest and TikTok now and all that. And then I just released a um, class that I'm super excited about on how achieving optimal thyroid wellness or uh, uh, achieving optimal thyroid health. 
And um, I love it. I have Hashimoto's myself. I'm about 10 points away from reversing it. We do a lot of reversing in my office. And so I do uh, recommend that for anybody with thyroid issues, or if you think you have thyroid issues, I could go extensively into lab tests and how to interpret them. So you're really on your own by the end of that course. Um, and then I'm just available at resigrewnutrition.com. I work with people all over the world um, via Zoom, and I'm based in Newport Beach, California. That's amazing. Lisa, thank you so much. And of course, for everyone listening today, um, all of the links for um, for everything that we've discussed and then everything that Risa shared, as well as a special offer for your detox that you have coming up, um, everything is in our show notes. So make sure that you check it out. You can uh, link through. You can also link through to purchase Risa's book in the show notes as well. Risa, thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing all of your knowledge. It's been such an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And for everyone listening, thank you so much. And we'll see you again next week for Fit Chicks Chat. We really hope that you enjoyed the podcast today with Risa Grew learning all about the different fad diets and a holistic approach and why we should be shifting our mindset to a holistic approach for a healthy lifestyle. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, if you're interested in getting certified and learning more about helping yourself or helping to help coach others, make sure you check it out at fitchicksacademy.com forward slash HWLC, where you can learn more about our holistic nutrition weight loss coaching certification that just started this week. So there is still time. We would love to have you join us. Check it out at fitchicksacademy.com forward slash HWLC. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.